Welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where I tell you about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each week I will share with you a different weird fact from the animal kingdom. Now, to try and spin the timing of this week's episode as intentional, with the holiday season approaching soon and all the Christmas lights going up, we'll be talking about a bug that lights up and flickers through the night. In reality, I saw a job posting working with this bug, got super excited about them, so I shoved in this episode to talk about fireflies. Fireflies, are also commonly referred to as lightning bugs, are actually beetles and not flies at all. They get their name from their bioluminescent bums. Fireflies can be found in temperate and tropical areas on every continent, except Antarctica, which doesn't have temperate regions anyway, so... It seems a little bit funky to mention it exclusively, but hey. In North America, there are at least 165 species, and globally, there are over 2,200 species. If you want to find fireflies of your own, they are often found in shrubby, planty areas like parks, meadows, and woodland edges in early summer. Many times, they will be found in areas where a field or forest meets some sort of fresh water, like shrub lines near streams or marshes. Some species also love to hang out in tall grasses because it gives them a place to hide out in during the day, and then at night they can crawl up to the top of the grass and then either signal from there or launch from a higher area to fly and flash for a mate. The firefly larvae are the longest lived stage in the life cycle of a firefly, Their larvae live for one to two years before metamorphosis into the adult form. As larvae, they may eat a wide variety of things, like snails, worms, and slugs. To survive the winter, they'll burrow down into the ground or hide under some tree bark and then emerge in the springtime. Once they're ready to become an adult, they pupate for about two weeks and then emerge. Many adult fireflies feed on plant pollen or nectar, but others are predators and in some cases eat other fireflies. Other species still don't have a mouth and don't feed as in adults. This can feel like an odd thing, but it's fairly common in the insect world, and there are some adult fireflies that often only live for a few weeks, and the longer-lived adults live for up to two months. In the shorter-lived species, they would run on energy sources stored up as larvae and would really only live to find a mate and make more fireflies. One thing that's super interesting is that in all species of firefly, the larvae always glow, and hence they are often referred to as glowworms. Some species even have eggs that glow, but mostly just in response to disturbances like being touched or any vibrations happening nearby. Even though all species have glowing larvae, Not all species of firefly glow glow as adults. There are some species of firefly that are active during the day instead of at night, so these diurnal species don't light up, since it wouldn't be a useful communication tool because the brightness of the sun would outshine their bioluminescence. In adults that do light up, the bioluminescent organ is on the underside of the tip of the abdomen, and there are a few things that they can be communicating with their flashy bums. One of the big ones, and really the main one, is to signal where they are so they can find mates. For most species, both male and females light up, so to find each other, the female may wait in trees, shrubs, or in some of those taller grasses, and then the males fly to find them. 
In other species, only one sex lights up and then the other just has to go track them down. When they aren't trying to find a mate, they may be warning predators that they're not a tasty thing to eat, but in other cases, a species of firefly that eat other fireflies actually use the flashing to attract their prey. Now, you may be wondering how fireflies can tell each other apart, or tell the different species apart, and how a firefly can use their flashing patterns to draw in another species of firefly. This, this is because different firefly species have different colors and different flash patterns. Most fireflies flash in the yellow and green color spectrum, but there are some that are orange or light red. They even specialize more from there, and different species have different flashing patterns, so this is actually one way that you can tell two firefly species apart. So a firefly that's green that flashes three times would be a different species of firefly that flashes green two times. There are even some species of firefly where they have synchronized their flashing patterns and flash in unison. A couple of places you can see this for yourself are in the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee near Elkmont, and then in Congaree National Park in South Carolina. For the species that use the flashing pattern to draw in their prey, they actually mimic the flashing patterns of their prey firefly, so they are drawing in their prey with the promise of a mate, and then they get an unfortunate surprise. So now we've talked about the why, and let's go over the how. Bioluminescence is the result of a chemical reaction happening in their bioluminescent organ between luciferin and luciferase. This is actually quite the multi-step reaction, which I wasn't necessarily aware of, and I'll give the lowdown of what's going on, but if you want some more extra nitty-gritty organic chemistry details, there's a paper by Mark and S. Steves De Silva that explained all the steps in some really nice clear detail. So I'll give the information for that in the description of this episode if you want to read that. Now, it's chemistry time. So as I said, the big players involved are luciferase, which is an enzyme that catalyzes the reaction, and then luciferin. And both luciferin and luciferase were actually named for their role in this, org in this reaction to produce light. For the reaction to start, we need luciferin, luciferase, ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, a, a molecule that cells use for energy, and then some magnesium as well. Once this reacts, the luciferin is attached to the luciferase's active site, and the ATP gives up two of its phosphates, so then we're left with a luciferase-luciferin sort of compound with an AMP, adenosine monophosphate, hanging on, and then a couple of inorganic phosphates. That AMP gives more energy for the next reaction to happen, where luciferin is oxidized and a carbon is removed from the luciferin. So then out of this, the important thing that we get is a compound called oxyluciferin. When the oxyluciferin is made, it exists in an, exciting, in an excited state. So once it decays and loses that energy as it drops to sort of a ground level, that energy comes off as a photon, which is that light that we see when the firefly flashes. So then how do we get all of the different colors with this process? Like many proteins, luciferase is sensitive to different levels of pH, and different levels of pH actually give us their different colors. 
more basic levels, like a pH around 7, results in the colors in that yellow and green spectrum, but as the pH decreases and we have a more acidic environment, around levels 5 or 6, the color shifts to the red spectrum. How we, think, how we think this works, roughly, is that the change in acidity changes the way the luciferase enzyme is folded, which then affects the enzyme's active site. When the active site changes, it affects how the luciferin interacts with the enzyme, and then for this reaction, that would ultimately affect how much energy that oxyluciferase, that oxyluciferin has at the end to give off as light at the end of the reaction. Seeing fireflies in summer brings joy to so many people, and catching fireflies in summer is a beloved summertime activity for all ages, and seeing them often inspires a feeling of nostalgia. However, in many areas, people have noticed that they seem to be seeing fewer and fewer fireflies, and there is plenty of evidence that fireflies are in trouble. In the United States, the Xerces Society recently began assessing populations of North American firefly species and found that while we don't have enough population data for most species, there are 16 that need to be and now are categorized as threatened or near-threatened with extinction. There are a few threats against fireflies that include habitat loss, climate change, pesticide use, and light pollution. Since they rely on their own light signals to find mates, artificial lights at night can be bright enough that it obscures their bioluminescence and can actually keep them from finding mates, which is, as you could guess, quite problematic for the continuation of a species. Fortunately, there are some things that you can do to help. One thing is that you can create a, a wildflower garden in your yard, like saving off a nice area for it, or putting an area in your garden or even just planting some other sorts of shrubs in your yard to add some leaf space. You can also avoid using pesticides as much as possible, and they, as they not only kill the adult fireflies, but it can also kill the prey that their larvae need. Another thing you can do is turn off outdoor lights at night, particularly during the firefly season in early summer. If for whatever reason you feel you need outdoor lights at night, you can get lights that point and direct light towards the ground that are designed to minimize excess light scatter and avoid light pollution, so you could install those as well. The extra fun part about these steps is that there are some easy things that you can do to help out fireflies, but in most cases, they also help or they'll also help out other bug species. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and be sure to tune in to next week's episode. Please rate and review on iTunes, and you, uh, you can also find me on Podbean, Amazon Music, and Audible. There are now a couple of options to help support this podcast. You can share us with someone you know that could use some more animal facts in their life, which is definitely everybody, and you can also become a patron on Patreon. You can find the link for that in the description below. You can also find the podcast on Instagram now, so give it a follow at Quirky Creepy Freaky Pod. And if you have a favorite quirky, creepy, or freaky animal fact, send it on in at Quirky Creepy Freaky Pod at gmail.com. Audio editing and recording is done by me, Olivia Streit, and the intro music was created by Kaylee Streit. Thank you for listening. <laughs>